When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. Two ways to save yourself from drowning. Even the most experienced swimmers can find themselves in a situation where something has gone wrong and they start to drown. That's why it's crucial to know what to do and what not to do in this scenario. One day, this knowledge might save your life. Remember to click the subscription button and ring the notification bell to join us on the Bright Side of Life. First of all, let's have a look at some statistics about drowning. In fact, drowning is one of the most widespread causes of death worldwide. With regards to the U.S., there were approximately 3,500 unintentionally fatal drownings a year from 2005 to 2014. This means that approximately 10 people lost their lives in the water every day. Sadly, according to specialists, most of these deaths could be avoided if people knew what to do in a critical situation. And that would be, don't panic. Surprisingly, when a person is drowning, they need to fight not the water, but their instincts. The thing is, when somebody feels that they aren't in control of the situation, they start to flail as hard as they can. By panicking, they make themselves submerged deeper and deeper. As a result, they get exhausted quickly and can't stay afloat long enough to wait for help. The first thing you should always remember is that the human body has a natural ability to float. The only necessary condition is that the lungs are filled with air. So as long as you're taking regular breaths, you won't drown. Unfortunately, you can't hold your breath forever. When you exhale the air that keeps you buoyant, you sink into the water for a short period of time. That is when you might start to panic. And, as you know, panic is what you need to avoid by all means since it's the most common cause of drowning. Experienced lifeguards can easily draw a picture of a typical drowner. A person realizes they're in trouble. They attempt to attract attention by waving their arms, but this brings them out of the water. According to the laws of physics, they become heavier and start to sink faster. Instinctively, this person starts to struggle to get up and to gasp for air, but these hectic movements pull them underwater. So what's rule number one? Try to keep your panic at bay and please don't stop breathing. Assuming you've managed to overcome your panic, you're on track to breathe normally. Now it's time to conserve energy so that you can wait for help to arrive. You can do this by assuming one of two positions, either floating on the water or treading water. First of all, let's see how to tread water correctly. Your body has to stay upright and your head should be above the surface. You need to move your arms and legs to keep yourself afloat. You can use your arms and legs together, just your legs or just your arms. Try to shift your arms horizontally back and forth. If you start moving them up and down, you'll begin to bob around. 
As a result, you'll waste a lot of precious energy. Make sure your palms face the direction of your arms' movements. There are several ways to move your legs when you're treading water. Your instincts can make you use a frog kick, aka breaststroke, or a flutter kick used in freestyle. If you're still too anxious, you might even start to move your legs in circles. But although all these techniques will make your body move upward, you'll waste too much energy. The best way to move your legs is to rotate each leg in a different direction. This motion may take some time to master, but once you do, you can stay in the water vertically for hours. Remember that one of the most important things about treading water is being calm and breathing slowly. This way, you won't get tired and you will improve your energy efficiency as well. You're doing it correctly if you're bobbing up and down a little on the waves. The second way to stay on the surface of the water until somebody comes to rescue you is to float on your back. This is the best way to calm yourself and breathe normally. Try to position your body in such a way that it's almost parallel to the ocean floor. Your head should be tilted backward. Make sure your ears are submerged. Admittedly, it's not the most pleasant sensation, but if your ears aren't underwater, your neck will feel a serious strain. As a result, you won't be able to float effortlessly. Also, this head position is very important since it will make your legs rise to the surface. This way, you'll be lying on the water. In addition, your mouth will stay above the surface, meaning that you'll be able to breathe freely. Keep your chin lifted so that it points toward the sky. Paradoxically, this simple movement can make your body more buoyant. Make sure your head is centered. As long as it is, your whole body is balanced, so don't try to turn your head to one side or the other. You should pay particular attention to the position of your arms. You can either bend them at the elbows and move your palms under your head, or straighten your arms and keep them close to your body. The most important thing is to remember that your palms have to face the sky. If you want to float for as long as possible, it's vital to push your body upward. To do so, try arching your upper back slightly. This will move your chest and stomach out of the water. By no means should you bend your body downward. If you do so, the middle of your body will start to sink and you won't be able to float. Your body has to form a straight line together with your legs. If you feel your legs begin to submerge, you can make some small kicks. There's no need to do this all the time. Just float on your back and whenever you feel your lower body start to move downward, kick your legs to return to the surface. One more important thing about floating is connected with your breathing, namely how big your breath should be. We've determined that a person floats as long as they have air in their lungs. It would be logical to suppose that the bigger lungfuls you take, the better you float. However, there's a catch. When you exhale a deep breath, your body sinks into the water more deeply. This happens because the difference between the volume of air inside and outside the lungs is too great. That's why the best way to stay afloat is to breathe in medium-sized lungfuls of air. And don't hold your breath. This will lead to a buildup of CO2, and this won't help you. On the contrary, you'll get out of breath much sooner. And, once again, if you find yourself pulled away from the shore or you've fallen out of a boat, don't panic. Use your knowledge of floating or treading water and conserve your energy while you're waiting for help.